Hi, everyone, and welcome to Val Talks Pets, the forum for pet parents and enthusiasts alike. Having been in the pet industry for over 10 years now, I'm going to share with you issues and questions that arise as I work with pet parents on a day-to-day basis. I am not a veterinarian, but I do have certifications in canine, feline, small animal, fish and herptile, and avian health and nutrition from the University of California, Davis Extension. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Val Talks Pets. As we all know, things are a bit different right now, and our time off and vacation plans are also quite different. Many people are traveling within their own area or their own country, and this actually opens up a type of travel that many people have not done before, and that is traveling with your pet. We still have quite a bit of very nice weather to get out and about in, so the idea of going on a road trip or camping or visiting friends or family a few hours away can definitely be on the agenda. In this case, we get the added bonus of being able to take our pets with us. But with all things to do with pets, there are some safety tips and rules that we need to play by so everyone has a good time. So let's talk about dogs first and traveling with them on a road trip, where you'll be staying in hotels or Airbnbs or inns, what have you. First things first, is the accommodation pet friendly? On the website for the accommodation, there should be a pet friendly symbol. But I have found that not every hotel puts this on their website despite the fact that they do welcome animals. So this means call and ask. On the flip side, call and ask anyway, even if they do have the symbol, to double check that they are indeed pet friendly. Now, here's the thing to really look into. Many hotels say they are pet friendly, but they are only friendly to dogs under 30 pounds. Well, that lets me out. So pet friendly is not a generic term for all dogs. Now, if you do meet the criteria, most places will ask that you bring a crate. And when you are not in the room, the dog is crated. I get that because the housekeeping staff does not want to come into a room to tidy up and find a dog loose that A, may not like them, or B, runs out of the room and ends up a fugitive. The other thing that is usually standard is that you have to pay an extra fee for housekeeping if you have a pet with you. Check out this fee so you do not have any surprises. Now, some hotels have really embraced the idea of pets coming into their establishments. Many provide a bed, water and food bowls that you get to keep, and some even have a doggy daycare and playroom, so your dog can play and be supervised while you go sightseeing or go to dinner. I found one hotel in one of my favorite places in Ontario that was focused to being pet friendly, with toys and beds and bowls upon arrival, doggy daycare, and they took them out for a walk, And daycare was specifically open until 8 p.m. so you could go out for dinner. The price was actually quite reasonable compared to what you got. The daycare was all part of your stay fee, so that was really a bonus. So 
If you are lucky enough to fit the specs to bring your dog to a hotel, make sure you have thought ahead to bring everything your dog will need to feel comfortable and safe. Be very considerate of others staying at the hotel. Have a very good supply of poop bags. And if someone is hesitant to enter the elevator with your dog, offer to get out and take the next car. Remember, they are also not at home, so jumping on the lobby couch is not acceptable. I would also recommend you bring some spray stain and odor remover and paper towels, just in case there is an accident or your dog throws up in the room or elsewhere in the hotel. If you are traveling with your cat, the same rules apply, except the weight restriction. Make sure you have the crate in the room for when you go out. Some hotels have again embraced this little guest by providing a bed, bowls, and a scratching post. Okay, so let's talk about the travel part. Some dogs are just meant for the car and have no problem enjoying the scenery or having a snooze. Some cats are great travelers enjoying the view outside as well or curling up to nap away the hours. However, we all know that isn't every dog or cat. Some dogs get terrible car sickness and some cats do as well. My ginger cat routinely throws up every time she goes to the vet, usually just as we are pulling into the parking lot. After that, she's fine, but the motion just gets to her and that's that. Let's talk about dealing with dogs and cats that are not the best travelers. There are the dogs that shake and shiver and pant, and you could drive for 10 hours and they wouldn't stop shaking, shivering, and panting. I had a border collie that would do nothing but run in circles in the back, basically chasing the other cars and their headlights. We had to put him in a crate and put a blanket over the crate to stop him from doing this. So what can you do with the shaking, panting dog? This is tough and it usually stems from an anxious fear response. There are many calming products on the market that you can try, but if nothing works, there really is only two options. Ask the vet for a light sedative or traveling with your dog isn't going to work. Cats too can be upset and anxious in the car. Luckily, with a few cats that I have transported, they were only going to the vet, so the time was short because they would meow at the top of their lungs the entire way. Again, on a longer road trip, that would drive you mad. So it does come down to the same thing, trying to find the right calming product so your cat can settle down and make it to the destination. Overall, there are some other techniques you can try with massage or tapping therapy, or going on short trips that gets longer and longer to try and desensitize your pet. There is no doubt, this is a tough one. Okay, so you have done your homework and you know exactly what the rules and regulations are for bringing your pet to a hotel or Airbnb. It's time to hit the road and take in the scenery with your furry companion or companions and have a wonderful time. If your pet is a bit 
iffy when it comes to car rides, it is best you have given him or her their calming products before heading out by at least 20 minutes to half an hour. This way the calming product will have taken effect before getting in the car and that's what you want. You want the cat or dog to be calm before getting in the car. The excitement and adrenaline could easily impede the effectiveness of the product and you have then started out on the wrong foot. But before all this, make sure you have packed for your pet. Let's start with the dog. You would be surprised the stuff you need to make your dog comfortable on a road trip. So make a list. You will need your dog's bed or blanket or a smaller bed to fit in the car. Your crate, very important. Toys and chews. Leashes, and I mean leashes, not just one. Always have an extra leash in case you misplace one or forget it in the hotel or in the car. An extra collar is also a good plan. Bring a tie-out and a stake. Yes, it is possible that you may want to stop along the road for a picnic or to look at some scenery for a while. It would be very handy to be able to stake a tie-out and safely put your dog on the line to sniff and walk around while you are hands-free. Make sure your tie-out is not too long. You don't need a 30-foot tie-out for this endeavor. You will also need any medications your dog is taking, which includes your calming product. You should also have a large jug of water in the car for you and your dog. This means a good travel bowl is helpful. There is a travel bowl that is no spill that you can get, which means the dog can have some water while driving. Not the dog is driving, but while you're driving. Treats, don't forget them. A couple of rolls of paper towel is a must for any incidents. And as I mentioned, a spray, stain, and odor remover. I also like to have a doggy first aid kit. Some self-adhesive bandage. A low-dose antihistamine, just in case. A first aid ointment or gel. Scissors saline wash, and grooming wipes. Don't forget the dog's towel, brushes, and combs, and even their toothbrush. Now, this is actually a pretty important thing to know as well. The Highway Traffic Act of Ontario does state that your dog must be secure in the back seat in a crate or travel harness. <laughs> so this is going to be another thing to investigate depending on where you are going. Overall, this is a safety precaution for your dog, so think about this seriously. And last but now not least, <laughs> your dog's food. I cannot tell you how many people come rushing in saying they ran out of their dog's food. And in a few more cases than you'd realize, the pet parent will mention a product we do not carry. Fine, but what if your dog is one that doesn't do a food change very easily? He'll be glad you brought those paper towels. You will need to check where there are any stores near you during your travel plan that you can stop at that has your brand, or you will have to make sure you have enough food for your trip. And if you are planning to cross any borders, you better know the rules on pet food. 
In Canada, if you plan to cross into the United States with a Canadian-made pet food, they will not let you bring it in. So again, you will need to do your homework on this. Bringing Kitty on a road trip is not quite as complicated, but nevertheless, Kitty has to get its things packed as well. For a road trip, I would either make sure your cat is in its carry crate, or if it's good at just admiring the scenery and not crawling around under the gas pedal, I would have a harness on the cat. This way, if there is any move for escape, you can grab the harness and not have the cat slip out as it would easily do if it was just wearing a collar. You could also keep the leash attached to the harness as well for safety. Also, a good habit is to put the cat back into the carrier before opening any car doors. So this means Kitty will need a good fitting harness and leash and a carrier. Your cat will also welcome their favorite bed or blanket and toys as well. Water along the way is also very necessary for your cat, so remember that travel bowl. Medications and calming product goes on the list, as does the first aid kit as listed earlier. Paper towels and stain remover is a must, and again, remember the food. The same rules applies for your cat about food, so bring enough along or know exactly where you can pick up the kind of food your cat has been eating. Both cats and dogs will have to have their medical vaccination certificates handy just in case the accommodation asks for it or there is an incident and you need to prove to the authorities that your pets have been vaccinated. It is also very very important that your pets are wearing collars that have an ID tag. The ID tag needs their name and the phone number that you can be reached at while traveling. So your cell, mobile phone, and it's not being too cautious to put an alternative cell mobile number as well. For example, the other person's number who is traveling with you. Don't bother with addresses because you're not there. And just an FYI, many people say to me that their dog or cat is microchipped, and that is great. But if you are traveling, or even at home for that matter, unless someone physically takes your pet to a vet or animal shelter to be scanned for the chip, the only ID your pet will have is their collar and tag. In some places, animal control will have a mobile chip scanner, but not everywhere, and I would say more don't have one than do. So make sure those ID tags are current with your phone numbers. Okay, let's move on to going camping with our pets. Some dogs are great campers, and I've gone camping and canoeing with several of my dogs. Most campgrounds require that your pet be leashed at all time, so a tie-out for the campsite is a must. All the other tips from the road trip apply here as well, and I would also add some pet-friendly bug repellent. If you plan to let your dog go swimming, check to make sure you are on the pet-friendly beach. Also, bring more towels and Remember your doggy life jacket, especially if you're going in a boat or canoe. 
And just because you are out in the woods hiking or walking, that doesn't mean that you do not pick up after your dog. Bring your poop bags no matter what and be respectable to the other hikers and walkers. And that means not letting your dog off leash and making sure your dog is a polite walker and doesn't jump on strangers or instigate with other dogs. I'll tell you, the one thing that really bugs me when taking hiking trails with my dogs is encountering another dog coming towards us, hauling its owner at the end of an extended leash and causing great upset to me and my dogs for their lack of manners. And I mean both the dog and the owner. Flexi leads on trails should be left at the campsite. Dogs can be the best campers, and it all comes down to introducing them to the experience and making sure you bring the necessary equipment to be safe and have fun. Now, I personally have never seen a cat at another campsite while camping, but I've definitely seen the posts where people have taken their cats on a camping trip. That's fantastic if you have such a cat. And again, the most important thing here is safety. The cat being secured and bringing everything you need. And it would not go remiss to research the closest emergency vet clinics along your route or near your campground. All right. Now, this type of travel is reserved for special reasons, and that is when you travel with your pet on an airplane. Make sure your dog is not a breed that is prohibited from flying with that airline. Some airlines are not allowing brachycephalic dogs to fly, so check this. If your pet doesn't really use a crate or carrier, you will need to acclimate them to this. It is also highly recommended that you do not give your pet a sedative before flying as these can interfere with a dog's ability to control body heat at high altitude. While you are in the airport, ask if there is a doggy relief station. Many airports have had these put in, so find one before boarding. It is recommended that you allow your dog to have water while waiting, but I would discontinue the water at least a half hour before boarding and then visit the doggy relief station. Food is a different story, and I personally would not give food after three or four hours before flight, but you can check with your veterinarian for this for the best choice for you. You will also need to determine in advance if the pet is going in cabin with you or cargo. This will determine the type of crate or carrier you will need. Only pets small enough to be in a soft carrier that can go under the seat in front of you are allowed in cabin. Now, this excludes service dogs with the accompanying paperwork. So if you have a small cat, you may be able to bring it in the cabin with you or a small dog. As with any of the rules for traveling with a pet on an airplane, you will need to contact the airline specifically because the rules and sizes change with each one. If you are taking your pet in cabin, I would again have given it a calming product. I think you can probably unzip a part of the carrier and pet your dog or cat, but I seriously doubt they would let you take the pet out of the carrier. 
I'm sure there are stories where a traveler was allowed this, but it was probably at the discretion of the flight attendants. If your pet is going cargo, again, do a lot of homework to know the procedure for your pet. I have traveled on a plane with a cat and a dog, and I can tell you it was very stressful. The whole flight, I was anxious and worried that everything was all right with them, and I stood nervously at the special door I was to go to to collect them, just crossing my fingers they were okay. I did find that the ground attendants for the particular airline I was on were very helpful and let me board last so that my pets could stay with me as long as possible. Once I was on the aircraft, I looked out the window and I saw them being loaded in the plane. I could see the ground crew talking to them and smiling at each other. But you must have all your paperwork in order when flying vaccinations and certificate of health and make extra copies of these because the customs people can easily take the certificates and not give them back to you. This means you will need to see your vet about no less than 10 days before flying. Travel insurance for your pet may also be a good investment and label everything with images. Talk to the ground attendants and let them know about your pet and also the flight attendants so they can help ease your fears. You should have up-to-date photos of your pet and they should be wearing ID. And make sure your crate is well signed with your contact information. The more people in charge of the aircraft that know you have pets traveling with you, the better. The best thing is to research which airlines are the best with pets and see if they are the fit for you and your pet. Never assume they are all the same because they are not. So traveling with our pets can be a really fun and rewarding experience. They love being with us and doing new things. So why not plan a trip that they can enjoy with you and you can enjoy with them? But as with everything pet-related, doing our homework is the first step. So that leads me to my pet peeves section. You know, it's great that so many people travel with their pets and many are very experienced with pet travel. But there are those that head out and let the dog jump in the car and they really haven't thought the whole thing through. Sometimes you just have to take a hard look at things and ask yourself if your dog or cat is meant for travel. Is it going to be just too stressful for the pet to come out of its environment and basically be miserable? Well, in some instances, yes. In this case, Find a pet sitter and be realistic. If you are taking your dog, for example, have you done the training and socializing needed to make a friendly dog traveler? As I said, running into a dog dragging its owner down a trail that jumps on me or my dog is just showing that this dog has not been taught manners and the owner is showing their lack of attention to training here. Control your dog. And nothing is worse than going anywhere, be it a campground, trail, hotel, parking lot, and finding someone has let their dog poo and the owner has just left it. 
Come on, that is just not acceptable. The goal is to become a seasoned, experienced, well-mannered team of dog and human and not be the person who gets the dirty looks from the other traveling dog and human teams. And leave your extended leads in the car. Let's all think about a great trip with our pets. You know they are not with us as long as we would like, so it would be great to create some wonderful memories for down the road. And the way to do this is to be prepared and do your homework because, as I say, knowing is caring. Thank you for listening to Val Talks Pets. Please remember to follow or subscribe to ensure that you never miss an episode. To really help the show and to make it easier for others to find, please rate and review each episode that you find interesting and helpful. And don't forget that you can also email me at val at valtalkspets.com with topics you would like me to address or with any questions you may have. Also, check out my website at valtalkspets.com and let me know what you think and how we can improve upon it. Thanks for caring.